Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Very morning. Fantastic, thank you. So welcome everybody to the latest edition of the Estate Agents podcast, joined by the zebra, Andy Overman, and his lovely pajama and his lovely pajamas that he's wearing underneath. That he's gonna give us a give give show us a show us demonstration. And Luke and Oliver, who is watching Mr. Tumble. Mr. Tumble this morning. Okay. So we may have plenty of guests this morning. Dogs, birds, kids, and more dogs. So how are we, gentlemen? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Good week. Good. So what happened in your week then? And we come on to Andy and his continuing um, inspiration. So for us, uh, recruitment. Um, so done quite a bit uh, on recruitment and hopefully, uh, I don't know if anyone else has been finding this, but it's been quite a challenge um, to... Morning, Jim. Thanks for joining us. So uh, getting them committed um, and also the fear of that kind of whole counter offer at the minute. Um, so that's been a bit of a challenge. Uh, some new bits uh, to develop on our system, uh, our new system based upon Salesforce. So we've got some exciting bits happening on that. So, for example, it's pulling, it's going to be pulling in all the planning applications within the areas that we operate. So automatically wow. retrieving that data to pull in against uh, against the property records. So that's one of the little tweaks that we're making this week. So I'm having a few conversations. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. So having a few conversations with people and um, CRM systems at the moment. Um, there's a lot of talk in a lot of groups about where they should go. So, I mean, morning, Sam Hunter. Thanks for joining us. And we are honoured. Um, so thoughts on thoughts on CRM system. I mean, you've gone on to Salesforce, buddy, since yeah. lockdown. How have yeah. your colleagues, have your colleagues found it? Ian White, 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 Ian White, 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 Ian White, White, White. Where are you, Ian? Where on holiday are you? Where are you have sailing? You You're across you the Caribbean seen, yet? Have you seen Ian? He's um he's he's holed up in some medieval castle with uh, what looks to be a beautiful wine cellar and a huge, huge turret fourth floor um over in Somerset. So uh, have a fantastic that's just, time. That's just his house. <laughs> <laughs> That, now that's where they're doing. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here because it, because it's haunted. So you better watch it there, Ian White. It's haunted. Um, so coming back to um, Salesforce and, and CRM, and then I want to mm. touch on um, the recruitment as well. So how have you found Salesforce since you you started, and how are you finding it integrated, integrating it with everything you said for planning is working well? Because there's loads of questions and costs and investments yeah. and stuff like that. Andy will shut up now and I'll stop talking. Uh, well, Salesforce is a great platform to, to build anything on. Um, it's not for the faint hearted for a, an agent to go across onto Salesforce because you're going to need to invest a lot of uh, time minimum um, to, to invest in it or pay someone to come in and, and do that for you. But what you'll get is a highly fine tuned product that's going to help your agency um, and you'll be different to, to the rest. So, um, absolutely, absolutely massive. So uh, we've done things like bringing in the EPC data. Um, there's a website called Property Data, and they have all of these. I can't remember how many thousand data points they've got on each property, um, but you can bolt into that. Like I said, we're just doing the planning one, um, so we're pulling in all the planning data for all of the councils that we operate in. So our land and new homes guy can be like react really uh, react as soon as he hears sees that planning data come in again he's not having to go out and find it uh, well, that's amazing as you said land and new homes mr kevin ellis joins the king of land and new homes it wasn't planned in any way yes did he just ring you up and text you and say look do us a favor yeah. tell us mention, land, mention land and new homes and i'll pop <laughs> <up>. <laughs> yeah perfect <laughs> Perfect timing, Kevin. Hope you and Ian and all your team are well. Thanks for joining this morning. So, yep. So, so Salesforce is well worth a look at if you're looking at changing uh, changing from your current provider. I'm aware of a couple um, that are kind of tailoring it to the UK market. One of them is Property Base, which is what we went with. Or there's Agent Hub, which I know quite a few are, uh, and I know the kerfuffle 
podcast and Simon Whale had the guy from the Agent Hub one on. And that looks like a good product. And that's probably a little bit more advanced and ready out the box for agents. Um, and that's not to discredit Property Base in any way, because that's the one we went with. But it's it's different for different different people. But certainly viable viable alternatives are emerging to the mainstream ones. Okay, brilliant. Um, Andy, you've got a beautiful voice. Andy Davis has watched us, is watching us now. It was his wife's Becky's birthday yesterday. Can you sing <laughs> Becky happy birthday, but keep your bottoms on, please? Go. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday, Becky. Is that it? Is that it? There you go. Ian White from his haunted castle in Porter's Head. CRM advice ditch anything that won't readily connect and provide open API to third parties, move to ones that does. Salesforce property base being an example, if you want already built, we reap it or a few new kids on the block. Thanks, Ian. Beware those ghosts. Um, recruitment. So yeah. you, you say, you know, and it'd be interesting to see, um, ladies and gents are watching this morning, who else is recruiting on here and whether you're finding the same thing as, as Luke, please, please comment. Um, so I know Luke, you've, you have offered a lot of jobs. Quite a few people have accepted. Yeah. And the next thing you're finding is that their current employers are, um, doubling their wages or whatever to keep them there. Yeah. Enticing well, them. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly giving them hefty, hefty, attractive figures to, to retain them. And, and you have to think, well, why are they now suddenly worth that money? Why weren't they worth it before? Um, and they're the conversations that, that, that we do have with people because we do prepare, try and prepare people for the counter offer um, and ask them what, what do they think their boss is going to say when they hand their notice in um, and and even try and put put that seed of doubt in their mind as to well they're suddenly now worth it because they're going to be going somewhere else well like i said weren't they worth it two months ago when there wasn't this temptation to look at going elsewhere and, and if someone's looking to leave um ultimately probably in the next six to 12 months those feelings will come back again there's a reason why they're, they're looking to uh to to leave and eventually that dissatisfaction will will become stronger and stronger and perhaps the offer the great offer that we had won't be available with a similar company um so um but again you got you got to you got to learn from learn from all these things but we've got some good we've got some good potential candidates we've got two two more job offers we've had two accepted two more out there so it's a good it's a good time do you not and think you've had a lucky escape luke in in some regards absolutely absolutely because if they if that if that's potentially what what they're like um then you think well perhaps they, they they're probably not going to fit the family that we've got um and i mean i was i mean we had a second interview on thursday of this week and she second interview she came prepared with 14 questions um which which is quite a rarity i think if anyone's out there interviewing at the minute to have someone come up come to your interview with 14 questions and it's not and one of the questions interestingly was well, well, what is what is it that makes you tick? What what enjoyment do you get out of doing the job? And that was the question asked asked to me. Love it. So, which is which which is great. But and I don't and I firmly don't believe it was just a question to oh that sounds like a good one I can ask that because that'll give me some brownie points. I believe there was a genuine reason and a genuine desire to know the answer um, because of how they want to fit in with the team. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's great. I mean, I, um, I had somebody connect with me on, on LinkedIn, um, I think 18 or 19 year old, and he wanted to get into the estate agency industry. Um, so I said, look, if you ever want to chat, here's my number. And he did. And we had a chat. I said, what are you doing to, you know, to get an understanding of the estate agency industry? So he said, well, I've gone onto YouTube and I've clicked on property videos and I'm watching loads of videos. And I thought, you know what? Straight away, you've mm. got somebody you can see who's young, who's willing to learn. He's willing to, to put the effort in. And I actually put on LinkedIn, um, you know, would there be anybody who'd be interested in taking this um, gentleman on? And he's ended up finding a job as a result of that. And it's great. And, and again, what will be interesting with everybody on here that's watching, 
how many people were are, are you finding coming into interviews prepared just like that um, lady who's come prepared with 14 questions because to yeah. me straight away actually you know that's somebody it sounds like you want in your company absolutely <laughs> it's really important to remember as well guys you know august is is coming towards an end companies that are, are wanting to explore um potential restructuring or redundancies will will start doing so because obviously the furlough money is going to expire at the end of october but i think the talent pool is going to get bigger um so it's you know what what are you doing to to put yourself first and foremost in an employer's mindset and and, and i think those 14 questions was is a great thing we've got some comments if we can just skip back uh, Jeremy Tyler recruiting an apprentice love to know how that's going Jeremy who who, do, who did you go to to access that mate um, just for the benefit of everybody else that's watching Jim Parker agrees um, I'd leave an employer that wanted to pay me more only because I was leaving and then goes on to say the other point is do you really want to take someone that is only driven by money I think Luke you know I, I agree you've had you've had a lucky escape there Ian White happy to guide anyone on preemptive strategy to win counter offers and how to nurture talent pools be an idea maybe ian when you're back from holiday we can get you on we can discuss that because it is something that's becoming prevalent kevin ellis we've just added three more people to the team and money wasn't the deciding factor it's about them clearly seeing and feeling our culture and wanting to be a part of it and most importantly seeing a future and that we could unlock their potential and give flexibility for one role alone we had 90 applications and i think that number is only going to get bigger only i'll tell you what why don't you send ian the link and let's get him on now and let him share it's preemptive preemptive strategy okay let's see, let's let's see let's see if he's good to his word let's test ian white on the sunday uh, morning yeah. in a haunted right. house in porter's head yeah. somerset yeah uh let me see if i can okay so that's recruitment luke um yeah. what else and um and buddy everything how's the market and the lockdown because again there's going to be uh <laughs> there's going to be more it's all right andy andy overman's naked as well ian white so you're no being excuses. good company <laughs> we want solutions not excuses yeah. you can't make promises and not um and not come when you promises get dressed quickly okay um, ian, there is um I, I think i've got your email somewhere um i'm yes here it is link for you okay so um so again are you if leicester still in lockdown leicester city ah. is yes so if you pay your council tax for leicester city they're still in in a lockdown of sorts so non-essential retail can open pubs bars restaurants can open but the latest relaxation so what was that casinos close-up beauty treatments and um soft play can't open in leicester so um but um but yeah i mean the, we're, we're just finding the market's really 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 busy but i think there's still a lack of understanding on people's affordability um at the minute we're um requiring people to be financially quite a uh, qualified and that's not to sell the mortgage and i must have touched on this before but just to run through the numbers with the mortgage advisor just over the phone quick five minutes just to ensure what they're trying to achieve is is sensible and what they can do can they actually do it because don't end up disappointing them getting their hopes up by having a look around a lovely four bed detached house that they fall in love with to find out that they're 50 grand apart on affordability so it kind of helps them helps you helps your vendors um, but i still think there's a big big disparity between what people can do and can't do hey! i think ian ian's just got out of bed <laughs> yeah i have i'm still sat on the bed that would that that would that would teach you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well yeah absolutely I keep your mouth shut next time but if, I've been, if i've been called out i've been called out <laughs> Thank, thanks thanks for joining us house or haunted house well it is haunted there is no question it's haunted Hence why I'm still fast as well, trying to get some sleep. But because um, I did, yes, I definitely slept with one eye open. Okay, and did you uh, did you sail down there? No, no, no. There is a marina actually. We're we're right on a marina, but no, I uh, drove. Okay, so um, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Another one in his boxer shorts was this morning. So just keep the cat, just keep the camera up, please. <laughs> uh, 
strategies for um, people that, or for agents that are watching this, they've offered somebody a job, their employer has come back to them with more money. How would you handle it, please? I think the first thing goes back to um, the initial contact with the client. I mean, Kevin Ellis says he's had 90 applicants. The pool is only going to get bigger, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the very first thing is, is to truly, through proper questioning, understand their reason for leaving. Because if the reason for leaving is money, then in reality, your attack point has to be money. If their reality is for leaving is culture, poorly treated by the boss, no engagement with the boss, lack of opportunity, you know, whatever the reasons we get. Generally speaking, it evolves around uh, poor leadership from, 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 from a boss. Um, that's very easy to money isn't the issue at that point, as long as you're not completely out of kilter uh, financially. We, we do find some businesses get countered. But in reality, it's because they're financially out of kilter or never really got to understand what what the candidates, um, you know, what the candidates uh, real reason for leaving is. Because I'm a firm believer that proper talent is interviewing you. It's not the other way around. You are definitely being interviewed by proper talent. Um, you know, there's a lot of wafting amongst the, 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 the people that are looking for jobs at the moment. You, you've got to know how to sift through it. Um, so my first strategy would be to make sure I fully, truly understand the questions to ask. And, and there's lots of them, too many to go on here now so that I can truly get to the absolute reason why somebody wants to leave. Not, not the reason they first tell you the absolute genuine reason that they want to move on or are considering moving on. So I would then build my strategy around that or decide if that person was therefore suitable for my business. Um, the second thing I would do is a little bit like uh, you're prospecting, Stephen, for when you're nurturing and prospecting leads. If you don't have within your CRM potential people that you would like to recruit that you've either interviewed in the past, missed out on competitors that you know you'd like to have but haven't yet connected with or haven't yet had a proper connection with, they should be in your talent pool and you should be mining them through the medium of phone, email, social media interaction database you should be mining these people in exactly the same way that you're trying to mine a vendor to list with you to sell or let um hunt them down um if you if you get them at the right point at the right time where you've already won their hearts and souls through your nurturing process a few thousand either way is not going to be is not going to be the big difference so if you're purely recruiting at the point you've got a vacancy that's problem number one if you truly don't understand why the person is leaving their existing space um, that's probably uh, number two. And if you don't have a talent pool, that's probably problem number three. So do those three things. That would be my strategy. Can I go back to bed now? Night, night. Ian, thanks very much. Thank you. You've, you've, been, a great, you could be, you've been a great sport. Thank you. <laughs> really appreciate it. Have a lovely day in Somerset with the family. We'll do, thanks guys. for joining us. Enjoy. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Okay. But carry on commenting because we may have more questions to get you back on. Anyway, see you all later. Have a good so, time. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs> what a good sport. That was great. Cheers, Ian. Thank you. Okay. So, um, you, you do realise we've now put the fear of God into anyone commenting <laughs> in the thread because they just know they're going to get spammed with a link to jump on. <laughs> no, we're, you know, we're grateful for Ian joining us and getting out of bed. And, um, as Jim said, hung by your tongue. So he's so he's cut he's come on good sport. So thanks very much. And I hope you found it um I hope you found it helpful. Um Andy, so um you're up to how many days exercise now? Uh yesterday was the 63rd day, end of the ninth week. Now that is that's phenomenal. So um my favorite C word is consistency yes it certainly is so that is incredibly consistent what you have My done the word is yeah i know and i'm not <laughs> saying it live <laughs> it's a family show um, no, look, if, it, if, if it was after 9 30 you'll be fine i would have said it but it's, it's before and the other thing is Oliver's in the room and we don't want to um, corrupt him at a tender age, very young age. No, next week he'll be okay, but not this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, listen, it's been a great journey. Um, I was speaking to Sam Hunter about it um, dur during the week. Um, you know, I'm still on furlough. Um, 
27 years an estate agent. I love my job. I love serving people. I love my community. Um, and to not be able to work, it, it's um, it's been really fucking depressing, if if I'm honest with you. So, um, yeah. I, I had, what, what's worse, the C word or the F word? Oh, sorry. It's been really flipping depressing. <laughs> sorry. Um, and, you know, I, I had a very sort of open heart-to-heart conversation with Sam Hunter. I think the first three or four weeks of furlough, um, it was a bit like a holiday. The missus was furloughed, so she was taking care of the kids. I was on your mastermind calls at one o'clock every day. And we, you know, I, I, I was boozing it up in the garden at one o'clock and, and it, it was, you know, sort of drink throughout the afternoon and early evening and then eat, eat sleep and repeat the next day. Um, and I realized fairly quickly that I was, I was putting on weight. Um, I wasn't effectively communicating with my family. Um, my mental health definitely wasn't in the right place. And I know that you, you you both were kind enough to give up your time um, and and have you know what what amounted to be a really sort of frank pull your socks up chat. You know your your, your current des- your current situation is not your final destination. I think Luke, you said to me on the phone that day, um, and it was just a bit of a wake up call. Um, so I have ditched the the the, the booze. That's one day a week, um, sort of treat night, cheat day if you like. I've downloaded my fitness pal app. Um, I now count ev- everything that passes my lips. I aim to do a minimum of five k's exercise a day, um, and yeah, I'm I'm playing at the beginning of week ten. So um, after after we've uh, recorded this, I'm shooting up to watch um, uh, the Rovers uh, under 18s team play up at Euston. Um, I should get a little bit of exercise like we did, Stephen, watching your son that day, walking around the pitch, observing the game um and I, I just think that that a better diet exercise um i've finished the four agreements i've now finished seven habits of highly success uh, highly effective people um i'm now starting rise of the youpreneur um so I, I, i'm just feeding my mind podcasts every morning without fail and um yeah, it's been a great journey. So I've, I've lost uh, just over, uh, we're just under five kilos now. Um, feeling much healthier. Um, <clears throat> I've still got a little way to go. Um, I want to get down to, thanks, Jim. Appreciate that, mate. Um, yeah, I want to get down to about 66 kilos. That's the ideal. I'm still overweight for, for my tiny height. Um, many people know I'm probably one of the shortest agents in, in the business and uh, regularly get ribbed for it. Thanks, David Mintz. Um, but yeah, no, in a much better place. Um, obviously, I'm still on furlough. There's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, but it's a case of, um, you know, as Assad said to me during the week, it's it, life is 10%, you know, what t- 10% what's thrown at you and 90% how you respond to it. So every day I wake up, I have a choice. And it's about making the right choices um, for for me uh, and, and, for, uh, and for my family and, and accepting that the you know, the work situation won't get, go away until the, 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 those that have the power um, to, to be able to change it, change it for, for you know, in, in whatever way that may be. So um, I'm excited. Um, I think I've got a great future ahead. Um, I'm a great agent. I've learned some, a little bit of self-respect. Um, and, um, y- you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be back, as, as the famous saying goes, at some point. Well done, Arnie. Um, I think you've done incredibly well. Um, you know, as Jim says, well done. Anton, you're next. You've got to catch him up. Right, let's okay. Anton. <laughs> right. So, um, Anton, um, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, but what you've demonstrated is to everybody watching this, um, whether it's now or on replay, is that actually there's certain things you can control and there's certain things you can't control. And you've controlled the things that you've can and you've done the exercise consistently now for 60 odd days which is phenomenal you cut back on the booze um you're doing really really well you should be incredibly proud of what you've achieved yes yeah, so well done and it's um and it's fantastic um watching it from afar um seeing what you're doing so well done okay so we were actually gonna talk about morning meetings this morning so we've done well to get to 25 minutes and not mention morning <laughs> meetings. So for everybody that's joining us, this is what we're about, morning meetings. So, um, Lukey, 
how yes. frequently would you have morning meetings? Uh, every every weekday. Okay, Andy, when you were back on the floor every day or daily. once a week daily, daily. Okay. yeah, and Absolutely. and likewise. So again, it comes back to consistency. And I know there was um, John Paul actually posted something yesterday on on morning meetings. Why do you think morning meetings are really important daily? Or direction meetings as Luke's best friend Josh Fegan calls them. I just think it's important to have structure you, you know a day can turn into a week can turn into a month in in our world and and you know as I understand it from all, all of my agency contacts at the moment people are absolutely flying and the market's mental so um, you, you know it's it's important that you've got that interaction and that understanding between your teams. Um, it's important that you're leading. Um, it's important that if there are mistakes being made, that you're picking up on them and you're rectifying them and you're having an opportunity to deal with them. So, um, Luke, has he, has he got rain there or is he um, He's chuckling away? Has Mr. Tumble just fallen over? Or? No, Stacey's doing a dance the other side of the um, uh, computer. Let's get Stacey on. Come on, Stacey. No, she'll kill me for it. So, uh, and she'll kill me for saying that. So, we do need to um, call Anton Plakowski out here at this point because he has now had an email and a text message yeah. saying, Come on the show, and he's just completely yeah. blanked us. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, morning meeting, again, you've got to look at success leaves clues. So, look at all, at the end of the day, we're teams, aren't we? So, uh, and the greatest sports teams out there have the equivalent of a morning meeting. So before they go out on the pitch, uh, maybe Tottenham excluded, um, they have an idea of what they're going. They, they have an idea of what they're actually going to do. When the Spurs go marching they in, they don't just go out on that pitch and start kicking the ball around. They've got a plan. They've got a plan against their their opponents for the. For that day for that week um as to the conditions so whether or not it's it's raining it's hot um the the players that they've got that day so if you if your agency's short staff that day you've got to adapt you've got to adapt to that so again that whole success leaves clues and if they have a morning meeting then if you want to be the premier league or the the number one equivalent in, in your area then you, a morning meeting should be essential so um and then it's the things that and again that that morning meeting should josh vegan talks about the rhythm so that should then set the rhythm for your day so how motivated are those colleagues leaving that morning meeting are they leaving deflated or are they leaving fired up to actually take on the day but then equally is there then a catch-up point during the rest of the day so maybe before lunch maybe before the end of the day to say okay where are we at we, we we committed to doing this where are we at where let's have a quick five minute review to stay to stay on track again equally the football manager he adjusts things as as the day goes on because things don't always go to plan some teams go lose by eight two um as, as we found it's worse it's worse than the team losing seven two isn't it yeah um, but then half time. So equivalent. What's your half? What's the equivalent of your half time team talk? So can you integrate something, even if it's just five minutes, where you just put the phones transfer phone, because that could be so important to actually be far more productive for your clients and giving that service to the clients than than answering the phone for those five minutes. Okay, so I think it's spot on. I look for me, it actually reinforces. Hey! Uh, another one in his boxer shorts. How's the dog? I had to get, I had to get dressed. I've only been up for, what time is it, half nine, four hours. Good, so we're talking, we're, we're talking, <laughs> Andrea, I can't believe you started talking about briefs on there, but welcome. <laughs> okay, um, David Mintz, welcome as well um you've been mentioned already so thank you for joining us um so we're just talking about morning meetings anton yep you're next firstly, first, firstly we've because anton is one of the few that are changing crms at the minute aren't you anton i am indeed so what was 
what was the reason for you changing or wanting to change CRMs and who have you gone to? Uh, I've gone to Agent Hub on Salesforce and um, the simple reason that I was fed up of not being able to integrate stuff, get access to information when I needed it, when I wanted it, what I wanted. So it was um, just going through the implementation at the minute. Hopefully our sales progression will be live tomorrow. Uh, with the rest of the team, um, sales going over by the end of the month and then lettings will follow on. When I've implemented agent pay or let's pay or one of those things as well for payments, basically get rid of all the crap is the yeah. idea. Um, and the duplication, all the information being in one place and feeding feeding the other systems that uh, that we want to use. Obviously, there's shed loads of prop tech out there now. And yeah. uh, with Dupix that we use at the minute, it doesn't interact with anything at all. Okay, so it's key, it key, key for you to, to have something that you can bolt any bit of project that's going to add value into into the main CRM that you're using. Yeah, of course. And, and they will, um, the guys, at, well, it's not just an agent hub thing, but Salesforce will literally integrate with anything. Yeah. Full stop. Um, I know that you've got Salesforce as well. Um, our phone system will also, um, uh, will, uh, pop up who's calling as well, which is something that we don't have at the minute that Dupix doesn't have. I had it 10, what, what year are we in? 13 years ago. Uh, yeah. And Dupix still doesn't do it today. So yeah, we, we get the call pop ups with our, with our voice over IP as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ian White wants to come back on. Say again? I think Ian White wants to come back on. So how powerful is that though, to, to know the name, maybe even the property address, where they live, um, who's calling before you even answer before you even answer that phone, so that, that person can have a far more tailored and personalised experience, um, rather than it being a bit of potluck Russian roulette as to what you're doing with them. Yeah, well, that's nice to have, but get getting the basics right even before that, Luke, of being able to run whatever report you want when you want, so you know where your business is at, is yeah. having to run. 15 reports through duplex, stick it on one sheet, manipulate so then, it to what you want, and then it's still flipping wrong. Yeah. 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 Ian, Ian writes out absolutely right there, Anton. He says, uh, on CRMs, don't be a moaner, be more like Anton and make the change. So, um, yeah, you've got it. When I, when I came into, um, I'm hijacking your morning meeting thing here, but when I came into a state agency um, and from, um, from a, a stint in, uh, well, I tease my background, we use Salesforce, and I always wanted a, something on Salesforce because you can literally do what you want. Um, and I just thought Dupix was the best of a bad bunch at the time for sales and lettings. Uh, it's now just not going anywhere, and it's been overtaken. And PropTech is literally coming out every other month, something different. And it's yeah. just another standalone bit of kit, which is one of the main reasons I went for Salesforce, because it's all the information's in the right place, and you can just put it put it into something else, what you want, where you want, when you want, and everything else. So bringing it back to morning meetings again, how easy is it with your Salesforce systems um, to pull out that data that's pertinent to your morning meeting and have that, you know, like with, as you know, prior to furlough, I was a Dupix user. Um, I hated the system. I don't think they've updated it. And as Jim's just said, um, Jim's just said he think he's been told they're running it down. That's your view, Jim. We're not endorsing that on the Estate Agents podcast. We certainly don't want any legal. <laughs> but it, it says Property Software Group are putting all their energies into Viva, uh, Vibra Alto, um, which may we may, or may may not be true. But certainly Dupix, um, I don't think, has been upgraded in the last 10 years. No, they've changed some stuff. They bought property filing and things like that. And they had Move It for conveyancing quotum, which was awesome, which they got rid of, which actually earned us quite a lot of money and has now cost us a bit of money. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah. at, least it, at, least it, at least it's the better-looking one. I've brought the hair count up a bit. But to answer your question before it all goes completely wrong and out the window, <laughs> is having just having access to reports, dashboards, things like that, where you can literally click of a, click of a button and report and stuff will be awesome for a morning meeting. Good morning, Mr. Mintz. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how great it is to have you on a sensible podcast. 
It's very <laughs> lovely to bring a modicum of uh, bad behaviour to this podcast. <laughs> so, morning meetings, Mincy. Avoid them at all costs, boys. <laughs> There's nothing worse than having to talk to people in the morning. Second worst thing is talking to your own team. <laughs> Give me a coffee, give me a couple of hours, let me catch up, and then we'll have a meeting. Perfect. Yeah, uh, morning meetings, very important, guys, um, because how you, how you start the day is an indication of how you're going to finish it. Frustrated, upset, and sorry you even started. Um, are you sorry you invited me on the show now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All we need now is Wayley. <laughs> I've sent him the link, but uh, he's not. Uh, he's not jumped in yet. He's, he's still in a nightclub somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> it's very, very early for the rest of us on a Sunday. Um, let me ask you all a question. Did anybody catch Tom Panos's uh, little rant the other night where he had a? Um, a sort of ventriloquist dummy. I saw no, a little bit. I saw, I saw the end, not the beginning, so... You, you need to watch that, because I do believe... I mean, Tom Palance is normally very excited, but he's never normally drunk. This one is phenomenal. Get on it. <laughs> but he, he was talking about that... Um, I think his frustration was the point where a vendor or somebody says oh, thank you for that, I'm going to come back to you. And and the futility of that and the fact that they're never going to come back to you. If, if they have to say that to you in a conversation, almost never going to be able to, to close it then. Um, I didn't get what the point was. I didn't, didn't get that far in the video. But um, I reckon he, he must have the cure for it somewhere. I'm just... Scrolling down Tom's videos now, and I can't appear to find it on his timeline. I'm gonna. Um, he may have deleted it because I do believe he was he, he was quite inebriated when he made it. It was <laughs> it was very inspirational. It was one of their, those rare moments where Tom Panos lets his hair down. Good for him. We all need forty-eight thousand followers. <laughs> yeah. So Good for him. Morning meeting, what content? What's important? I think Ian White, I think Ian White's definitely on the hunt for loads of business this morning in his yeah. haunted house in um, Somerset. So morning meetings in general need to shake up in the UK. They have in many in instances become simply routine, boring and pointless. What outcome do you want? How best can you achieve that and bespoke the meeting to the outcome? There you go. Jamie Walsh from Milton Keynes. He wants to come on as well. Blimey, we're popular today. Um, look, I think for me, a morning meeting or a direction, a direction meeting um, reinforces habits um, and, the, and reinforces opportunities. And so many opportunities are being missed by agents um, every day. Um, so who's registered the night before? Um, how many of them have got postcodes in your area? Um, have you managed to get a market appraisal from them? Um, they're the sort of things I'll be looking for. I mean, I have got a morning meeting checklist. So if anybody wants it, comment yes below and I will send it to you. Unless your name's Kerfuffle Podcast Renegade. <laughs> okay, so and Andy, what would be in your morning meeting? Go. Uh, definitely review of yesterday's um, so the review of yesterday's hottest buyers and opportunities. So it doesn't mean necessarily buyers that are in a position to proceed, but um, you know, is there a lead? Financial services, uh, solicitors referral, um, listing opportunity. Um, yeah, opportunity opportunities from. Prior, previous days, applicant. David Mint, yours. Go. What uh, morning meeting? Yeah. A uh, couple of slices of toast, some coffee. Um, no, I'm. I, I tell you what, I'm struggling with at the moment, and, and um, 
uh, try and address that as early as possible in the morning. But it's time management, particularly when voice management. Maybe, um, but particularly when when the market is is seems to be as busy and as active as it is, um, it's about sometimes trying to just carve out time where you 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 are actually in the office and you're able to get to grips with stuff. You really do know how to make the furloughed worker feel shit, don't you? Sorry? You really do know how to make the furloughed worker feel shit. The market's booming, Andy. Look at what you're missing out on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> mate. I'm sorry, mate. It's a, it's a tragedy. Um, and, and you're right. It is the worst thing in the world to, to feel like you're sort of out of the action. But um, I think when you get when you when you do eventually get back into it and you will um, and you will whatever that is and it'll be very good. Um, it's just I, th- I think we, we fall into bad habits too quickly, especially when you're busy because because you, you think busy, busy always equals good or it always equals productive. And that's not necessarily always the case, is it? So I think it's about structuring that to prioritise the tasks that that need to be done. And some of those are, are boring. They're not the exciting stuff. Luke, you know about that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, but he only <laughs> stays in the office now. He doesn't go out anymore. When you've got actual working bosses like me and you, David, we have to go out and do some actual work and then do all the other work out of hours. I agree, yeah. it's hard to manage your time. That's what been It was a choice because they said anything that you bring to the market doesn't sell, so there's no point in you going out. So I have to stay in the office. <laughs> you just tell people what they want to hear. Is <laughs> what is what, what I got told. So yeah, it's worth two hundred and fifty grand. It's only a <laughs> it's, it's only a studio flat. Those staff <laughs> feedback sessions are really paying yeah. off for you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, do you do morning meetings for praise, reward, reprimand? I mean, is the morning meeting the time to look back? You know, I, I can't remember what, what it was I was watching last week but or listening to. But actually, I take more pride in the failures because the failures are what you'll learn from. You know, we can all sit there backslapping each other saying, oh, high five, well done, this. But actually... Don't, don't you have your best learnings from, from, from the mistakes that you make? And is that part of the morning meeting? Should it be part of the morning meeting? Throw the question out there. Disc- yeah. Discoveries. Discoveries yeah. rather than failures. So um, at Green & Co, when we had, we had weekly meetings wherever all the offices came together, um, one of the things we had, we had a little reward for mistake of a month. And every office had to put forward their mistake of a month and the winner actually got a £25 voucher to spend. The point was we could all learn from it, and hopefully those people wouldn't, and everybody else in the business wouldn't make the same mistake until you have the same mistake the next month, and next month, and next month. I'm thinking, what's the point? And then the voucher was a P45. (laughs) Make of the month in some businesses could be a whole meeting in itself, couldn't it? (laughs) Would be in ours. (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure (laughs) when um, do do you do you do a meeting every single day yeah I used to yeah yeah and is it is it always the same length is it always structured or is it sometimes just like a huddle uh, usually usually structured uh, similar length so runs for about 30 minutes um, generally, sometimes it may overrun if we're discussing a particular topic. Um, but then, like we've, what Anton said, with with Salesforce now, we've been able to pull all the data into one place, so we can review it all on like one dashboard um, for it. So, um, but I, just going back to Andy about how you talked about wanting to learn from the things that didn't go so well. So Peter Knight and I know Kevin Ellis talks about this is the Oh, what worked well and even better if. So what worked well from yesterday, but even better if, what could we have learned from yesterday that to, to improve upon? So, um, and that those, those things, those things work well. So, but what are the, what are the kind of things that you talk about Anton in your morning meetings? Um, obviously we're with office, uh, offers and stuff like that, but 
mainly um, what appraisals we've got coming up, what we know about them, uh, who we've got that can buy them. So we can yeah. go into the appraisal and say we've got these people that are interested. And actually one of the things that I've started doing with, um, we, we all know it's quite busy, as we've said, and we've got loads of applicants, loads of people going to value and all that stuff. It's how you keep on top of the, the people that come to market. And um, one of the easiest ways I've found as well recently is I watch a load of properties that I've lost on Rightmove. So every day I just go through my saved properties to see, all oh, right, they're sold now. We need to jump on them a bit quicker and deal with them. That's what I found our, our applicant management is, is, or our, our negotiators are using now just so they can target buyers a bit quicker rather than wait for a bit. And then the next phone call in a week or two, find out that they're then sold. We can do it sort of straight away. Okay, so my question will be, what's going to earn us money today? Yeah. And that hopefully will focus everybody's minds. Well, for yep. me, mate, he's sitting in the garden. Oh. <laughs> okay, I've not heard anybody mention prospecting yet as a morning meeting topic. Well, okay, we'll, hope, we'll hope, hopefully, straight after your morning meeting, you should be prepared for your hour of prospecting, knowing which category of your database you're going to call. So um, that should be straight after your morning meeting. Prospect for 45 minutes to an hour. Just do it. Or as Andy Davids would say, JFDI. That happens later in the day now. Pardon? We've decided we do prospecting later in the day. First, okay. first, first thing is viewing feedbacks and communicate with the vendor side. We've got, we've got feedback or we haven't before they start moving by 10 How do you handle feedback? feedback? In terms of, so what's your process? Is it just um, your guys on the phone calling them, saying, "What did you think?" and then reporting back to the vendor, or is it automated in any way? Uh, so, few things. So they get an automated email from Dupix saying what did they think um, through property file, but we'll always follow up with a phone call as well, and we'll call and let the vendor know straight away. Um, well, if I call or WhatsApp, that whether we've been able to get hold of them or haven't, and what if we've got any feedback or not, just so that their expectation has been set that they're not going to get a call at, I don't know, a minute do later. You, do you think that um, video feedback, uh, in the same way that I know, Stephen, you've used this before on, and I've done it for you on the kerfuffle site, but there is a um, I think Ryan uh, Wolfenden was using it. I think it's called Video Ask, um, yeah. where you, you send somebody a link, you ask them a question, and effectively they can answer uh, via the app or online very quickly just by and give you a short video. It's really quite easy to use and efficient. Do you think that would ever catch on for viewing feedback? Yeah. Question yeah. for any of you. I, th I think it can. And also, um, does everybody remember Jamie Lester? Yes. From The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Yeah. Okay. If you go to his LinkedIn page, okay, he's got in the next 60 seconds, I'm going to help you treble your property sales. It's about asking a simple and basic question that so many people overlook that it makes a whole difference, I promise. Okay. Go on to that and have a look okay that's the answer to your question okay that's what's going to help you create more sales and all in 60 seconds cool now we've now, now we've got a live podcast where everybody's scrolling down their linkedin <laughs> <laughs> okay sharon carter there um uh, first of all andrea thanks morning meetings also mean nobody can creep into the office late i've not heard anyone mention prospecting no we thought we'd leave that to Stephen. it's his kind of specialist subject andrea um Short and sharp meetings that go through yesterday's activity, today's activity, plan for the day, plus update as to where we are according to target. I'll also sporadically do a spot test of their applicant knowledge, keeps them on their toes, reminding them they need to know their applicants, same as spot check of testing of stock knowledge. Great advice there, Sharon. So let's talk about length, uh, David. I know that's probably your forte. <laughs> Yes, well, I'm, I'm more in the girth department than the length department, but I will, you know, I'll dabble. Go on. Come on then, guys. Morning meeting, length, ideal length. For me, um, 15 to 30 minutes, no more. I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that. As short no as possible. Yeah. 
short, short and short and sharp, unless it's your no stock, unless 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 it's stock management, and then you're going it, through everything. Ian White is Ian White's really Ian, pushing, pushing his knowledge this morning. Ian, jump on that link again. Come on, he, he he's just gagging to be a part of it, isn't he? He is. He's got all these statistics. I've become the sexy six. Come on, Ian. Join that studio again. <laughs> Video feedback being testing with clients. Work to treat 25% of the time, but some are camera shy, so you need to do a secondary process. But at least 25% is automated and very transparent as is a video of the actual viewer saying what they thought. Just, a, just the thing, though, there. In a, it may be great for larger urban areas like... Uh, you guys, but Luke, what about your smaller offices? Definitely me. I'm in a, a, a you know a rural Norfolk. Uh, a lot of people know each other. Would you be fearful of doing video feedback and then sending that on to the vendor where they may know each other and there could be a connection and private sales? Yeah, I think there's. I think it, again, you've got to try it, haven't you? But even if you get that video feedback to interpret, so I mean, at the minute, I think everyone. Uh, um, is kind of firefighting at the minute because of how busy it is. I mean, David said about kind of time management, about trying to block time out to be in the office, and it is literally you get up, get get into the office, and you and and the day before you know it, it's six pm, um, and and the days just run away. So, is there a way that you can get this video feedback in that you can then interpret to give to the vendor without necessarily making those calls, but then the video feedback will determine maybe the serious buyers that you then do need to speak to um, with it because you're getting, again, lots of, I mean, our right move inquiries have gone through the roof. So You uh, really are relishing this issue lot, aren't you? Same with tenant inquiries. We're seeing the tenant inquiries for, say, 10 available properties. We're probably getting 20, 30 inquiries from people. So how do you determine who, who are the ones that get the attention and who aren't? Because you can't, in a realistic way, give your attention to, give your attention to everyone. But Again, it is something nice to be sensitive on. Sorry? It must be nice being that busy. It is. You do realise yeah. that all of this, like, as Stephen will remind me daily, 10% what's thrown at you, 90% how you deal with it. The 10% that yeah. you lot up this morning about how busy you are, the 90% of me is saying, I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but you have you, to, you, maybe you have to say, those agencies that aren't busy that have maybe still got negotiators values on furlough it's their longevity in those businesses i thought wondered what you were going to say then i was, ready <laughs> I was wondering where that was going <laughs> i was ready to hit end broadcast you know what you could do andy without any prejudice to anything you're, you're not allowed to work for anybody else but i think you can volunteer all you like <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you jog on down to Anton's place and volunteer for a week? I need an admin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine how that would be? I'd, 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 okay. Look, can I come back to something that you said because I think it's really important, and David, you've mentioned it as well. So you are getting all these inquiries in all the time from no, all, all, all the different all the different portals. Yeah. How, you know, there's going to be people watching here that actually can't cope with the amount of leads that they're getting. Um, what advice yeah. can we be giving these agents, please? Um, so I think there's some tech solutions that can help you with that. Um, so things like maybe uh, I know there's a program called Area, uh, which I think is done from a company called Keaton's. Um, they've supported they've made a, a really good portal kind of handling lead inquiry service. I think there's inspect real estate, um, which will then help kind of qualify those leads and put them in terms of priority. So maybe send those leads on a journey. So for example, with like the inspect real estate, you get the lead in, you send them the virtual tour, they fill in a little bit of a questionnaire about them, affordability, that kind of thing. Those customers that go through that journey, are they not then the more serious buyers that you then spend your efforts with than the people that, Again, people do get click happy. How many times have you rang an inquiry to say, what property did I inquire about? What property yeah. was it? What street? Yep. And and you've wasted a minute of your life that you're not going to get back and probably a Spend bit longer than that. Inquiry. Yeah. So if you can have something that's put in place for that, I mean, we've just looked at uh, a feedback thing uh, process to help try and get client feedback a little bit quicker. 
um, to then jump to then be able to jump on it so it works in the background. So to use something called Typeform, which has like nice sexy forms that people can complete on their mobile, that sends a personalised feedback form to them um, to ask them what they thought to the thought to the home. Um, because if it's not of, not of interest to them, great. Let's find out why. Um, but then let's concentrate on the people that really do like the home and that are really seriously looking to buy. So I think there's different solutions out there, and obviously, I'm sure the company that is Kerfuffle could guide you on what pieces of tech are out there. I, I think they could, and I know that Money Penny early this week were pushing area. Um, yeah. When we spoke to them about their. They have a, a sort of an outbound service as well where they can qualify leads and they 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 couldn't speak more highly of area and we're currently looking at that at the moment. And for the record, Luke, you are the only person I know that could describe an online form as sexy in any way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because I listened to World Class Agency podcast uh, during the week where they had Sally Lawson on. And she talked about having uh, funnels for everything. So she's got viewing feedback funnels. She's got inquiry funnels um, and also, interestingly, recruitment funnels, which links into what we were talking about earlier, because she, too, was saying that they're getting hundreds and hundreds of applications. Ian White can't jump on again because he's just had guests arrived, retired international footballer and his wife. And he was in his underpants listening to us, guys. So I'm not kind of sure what kind of Somerset holiday that is. Is it? Yeah. I, I think that's Gary Lineker, right? <laughs> <laughs> Retired international footballer in his underpants. Yeah. And, uh, Sharon is asking, has anyone used VA to do initial contact with portal leads to help qualify them, etc.? I know that when I was speaking with Assad in your mastermind group recently, Stephen, they have a system whereby there's an automated email that goes out to the client post viewing from within the CRM, asks for feedback and um, not just feedback about the property, but how it compares with others, what they thought of the area, like a traffic light system, I think, um, with a, a question on the price as well, which mm. then automatically upon the client responding gets forwarded onto the um that the seller but and and they've found that that automation process takes a, a lot of the frustration with trying to contact people people are time poor at the moment not not just agents but also buyers and sellers so if it, if it's an automated and it's delivered in the right way um is it essential that you phone your vendor with feedback in in, in, in the digital world because to be honest with you i get so many phone calls a day normally i'm not interested I think the feedback process for both vendor and applicant or buyer is one of the more tedious parts of the, the job. So it's it's necessary. So if you don't give feedback to a vendor, boy, are you going to know about it? Because it's mm. one of the things that wind, really winds them up. They've had people in the house and they don't know what the status what is. Thought. And if you give them lukewarm um feedback so if you say oh they're still thinking about it it's, it's like that tom panos thing they'll get back to you and that sometimes is, is they the hang on to it well. they, they hang on they hang on to that don't they yeah, yeah they, they do next week oh did did mr mrs jones come back to you david because you said they correct. were thinking about it last week correct correct and and i think that as agents because we want that um feedback process to be as pleasant as possible you don't want to deliver bad news um, and, and very often, I must tell you, uh, the buyers as well don't want to give you bad news. So they don't let you down. They don't say, oh, no, it's not for us every time. Sometimes they'll say, we're still thinking about it. Or they'll and ignore you. It, it, it's that limbo that, that sort of it really eats up that whole feedback process. So mm. I think if you could automate it in some way, I think you'd probably get a no, a yes or a no more easily from a buyer because you don't have to go through that whole human interaction thing. And I think for a vendor, it's a means to an end. Um, I know that there are systems that will, in the future, allow you to log in to sort of like um, uh, a vendor's area where they can check feedback themselves um, in, in a C basically direct from the CRM system. So maybe that's the future. We already have that, actually. So that's the um, the does it work? And so yeah, it does. So I think from a buyer's point of view, you know what they're like with the, some of the some of the ball they give you. 
if they don't if they don't call you within the next day, if the viewing was at five o'clock or whatever, if they don't call you the next day with an offer, then they're probably not interested. And you can't make uh, somebody buy something they don't want to buy in a place they don't want to live for a price they don't want to pay. So I think two points to that that just got brought up. I think you can automate stuff to the viewer and they'll send you some feedback. So we regularly get feedback, yeah, it wasn't for me or whatever it was. But I think the vendor has to have a call. I don't think you can just automate it stuff, stuff, uh, automate stuff to the vendor. It's got to be a call because you're right, they do hang on. Oh, what did Mr. and Mrs. Blogs think? They were really interested and you said you were going to call them on Monday. They, they really need a call, but I think buyers, mm. you can just get away with it being automated and they will call you if they want to make an offer. But, but isn't all that, you know, uh, just, to, just to throw it out there, isn't, shouldn't all of that be tackled at the appraisal stage? And, and shouldn't the journey be signposted? So for me, I think we become busy full sometimes. And, and is it absolutely necessary to phone the vendor with every piece of feedback if you could automate it would it not be far more constructive far more considered and constructive to actually schedule 15 minutes dedicated time half an hour whatever to each vendor every week and actually have a structured and considered conversation based on all activities from the previous week and all feedback that was generated and ahead of that if there are any that haven't filled in the automation or haven't you know, haven't responded, make sure you, you, you know, you've chased that and you've got the answers to hand. But w would that not be a better use of our time instead of having maybe 15, 16 different debates with individual viewers and then 15, 16 individual conversations with that vendor? Would it not be better for us to signpost the vendor journey at the appraisal stage so that they've got a level of expectation? At 9.15 every Monday, you will receive a, a 15, 30 minute phone call from us. Look, yeah. I think you should. I think you should be using technology now. So, especially you know, you talk about <laughs> signposting. Technology's called technology's called Zoom. Okay, so you talk about signposting. So, on the market appraisal instruction, I would say, look, if a property hasn't sold within thirty days, we're going to diarise now. I'm going to send you the Zoom link, and in thirty days, we're going to discuss why it hasn't sold. Okay, and I'm going to share the screen with you and demonstrate to you what we've done to get you moving. So it'll be showing you how many proper, you know, how many viewings we've had, what the comments have been. So that's one thing. The second thing is it's got to be individual. You know, it's got to be, again, up to the um, customer what they want it and when they want it. Some people are going to want it after every viewing. Some people are going to want it once a week. Some people are only going to want it if they get an offer. And, you know, the customer's the most important person in this and we have to fit around and we have to make it work for them. Absolutely. Um, just Jim picking up on Ian's point there. Bad news moves bad properties to sold properties as long as it's done properly. And that takes me back in my career about 15 years. I was working for the Spicer Heart Group, Spicer McColl on Regent Street in Cambridge with um, Tim Shaw, Pat Kavanagh. Roy, um, and we had this dog of a house, ex-council house, South Cambridge. Um, it had been on the market with every agent. It was multi-listed, and the vendor was, was just getting absolutely just sick to the back teeth of estate agents. And he had his price up here, and, you know, nobody had – and I went to do the viewing. Um, I was a I was an, uh, I was a canvasser for the office, but they they were stretched, and I went to do a viewing. And as I turned around the corner, the next door neighbours were serving heroin, um, dealing heroin, literally on the front door. Um, there was used sanitary towels um, on the front lawn of this neighbouring house, mm. and it was just a disgusting crack den. Sounds beautiful. The people turned up, they viewed it, they made their excuses, they disappeared again very quickly, and I was responsible for vendor feedback. And I looked back through this file, and nobody upon nobody. So I, I phoned the vendor, and I said, look, I said, you lived in this property, right, once? He said, yes. He said, we had a problem with the neighbours. I said, yeah, you're damn right. I said, um, the problem with the neighbours is that they're, they're probably running some kind of crack and prostitute then from the house next door to you, and it's never going to sell at that money. Um, and that led to a really frank, open and direct conversation, which I know is not in my normal character, as I'm sure you'll all attest to. 
But it was a, just a very direct conversation. And, and I, I said to him, look, you, you're on the phone every day saying that you need this property sold, but you're not actually looking at the reality of the fact that you are asking us to sell um, an ex-local authority property, which isn't in the best condition. Um, and he sat next to us. And I, said, I was straight with him. I said, look, when I walked up to do the viewing yesterday, somebody was carving up heroin on, on, on the neighboring lawn and selling it. Yeah. How the hell do you expect me to sell your property under those circumstances? Anyway, conversation, 20 grand price reduction. The week later, we had it sold and we had it exchanged four weeks after that, completed five weeks after that to a property investor who really didn't care. Good agency. Well done. Nice story. Thank you. But it's true. Bad news sells houses if it's delivered in the right way. There's no such thing. You know, what, what really does fuck me off is when agents say that it's an unsaleable property because there is no such thing as an unsaleable property. There is a shit agent who's do, not delivering. Do any agents, has any agent ever said it's an unsaleable property? Have you ever come across anything which is bordered on that? Everything has a price. Exactly. There's, 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 there are vendors that are unwilling to accept the reality of a situation, which will ultimately, through their reluctance to make adjustments, whether it be home staging, home improvement, decor, um, or, or ultimately price, um, which will lead to that property being difficult to sell. But nothing's not, you know, nothing's unsaleable. Who's finding a problem at the moment with overvaluation? Loads of people, but sadly, yeah. this is a subject we are going to talk about next week <laughs> at nine o'clock <laughs> because your babies arrived, haven't they? Time has just He's gone very quickly for a half an hour live. We've done exceptionally yeah. well, is and, in we've the been, and we've and, and we've been joined by some fantastic guests. So thank you, Ian White, and your international ex-footballer. Um, very kind to you and wife, obviously. Anton, gentlemen, for joining us in your box of shorts as usual. Kerfuffle Podcast Renegade. So, everybody, if you've enjoyed today, tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, the Whale and the Mint will be, I'm sure, doing their weekly Monday morning meeting. That is well worth watching. Um, they're both excellent. They're both excellent. Yeah. Andy. Thanks very much. You enjoy the under-18s game. I will um, do. Go and give them a motivating speech and make them win a game. Luke, thank you so much again for your time. Stephen Brown, thank you. You said far too much today. Have a, an amazing Sunday, everybody, and an incredible week. And we look forward to, hopefully, Andy Overman being available next Sunday to join us at 9 mm -hmm. o'clock. Um, to do another one. I'm, Luke, I'm thank you. Okay. David, thank, thank you. you. Anton, thank you. Bye, everybody. See you later, everybody. Ciao. Bye.